raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. One more hour to go on Wes and Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We'll hand it over to Kyle Bailey. Smoke Ludwig will also be helping out from 3 to 6 p.m. I promise we are going to give away tickets to Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top two more times before the show ends. That includes at the end of this segment and at the end of the show today. Again, two tickets to Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top. We will be giving those away, and you can still text in. On the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. The music, it has been fantastic today. Thanks to Wes and thanks to Fiddy for making sure he transitioned yeah. all of that music. We had a 619 number right in. Smith and Wesson flashback was sick. Now i got to go break out of, um, I don't know what else he said here, but I was trying to read it and now I can't <laughs> because my computer... Uh, actually exited out, but he did like the Smith and Wesson soundtrack. So yeah. we appreciate the text line and we appreciate people writing in 704-570-9610. Let's talk a little bit more about the Panthers and not only about the NFL draft. Maybe they should select a quarterback in the first round. Maybe they should go elsewhere considering their position in the first round. But Bobby Marks might have had some problems with the way that the Charlotte Hornets have drafted in the first round recently. Don't know if you can have that same problem with Carolina Maybe with the whole Justin Fields thing, but they drafted a good player in J.C. Horn. Derek Brown has been very good this season, forgetting about the bus title that was circling him like vultures at the beginning of the season. D.J. Moore, also a very good wide receiver, drafted in the first round. We know about Brian Burns. Frankie Louvu, not drafted in the first round, but another guy that could receive some Pro Bowl vote, uh, votes. So we, we have... In Carolina, I do think a nice foundation. You do have some talented players with this franchise. A lot of them are on the defensive side of the football, though, Wes. If you were to look at some of the guys that should receive Pro Bowl votes, who are some of the defenders that you would actually cast your vote for? Uh, so when you look at the landscape of the NFC, I'll start with Derek Brown, the interior defenders. Uh you know, you have Jonathan Allen that's been playing really well this season, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams. I don't think the Giants will get two interior defensive linemen into the Pro Bowl. So I definitely think Derrick Brown has a great chance, and I think he's deserving. He's played well all season. Uh, his grade has dwindled, dwindled a little bit in the last few weeks, but he still had an outstanding season. I feel like he's really held things down in the middle yeah. uh, for the Panthers. So I would go with him. I also think that uh, Brian Burns is another guy who uh, I would vote for as well. I feel like that he has been, uh, he's had a really good season, really disruptive, really on his way to having probably his best season uh, as a Panther. I think he'll finish probably somewhere at 13 uh, to 15 sack range. And then after that, um, I think that's probably where it would stop yeah, with those two. Not going to go to the J.C. Horn discussion again. No, no, huh? J.C. Horn, not the 19th uh, best corner in the league. I don't <laughs> think he's going to the Pro Bowl. I, I think if if George Shahri and Sam Monson, <laughs> if they had the votes, then they might not put him in there because he's not. Although they might because Pro Football Focus also puts out a ton of tweets about how good J.C. Horn is. Yeah, I think guys that could receive votes are Derek Brown. I think in the interior, Brian Burns is an edge rusher. The problem is at edge rusher, you are talking about some really impressive edge rushers all across the NFL. And so 
it might it, the AFC at the top of the, at the top of my mind. I think you're probably sporting a little bit better players at that position, if I'm not mistaken. I'm Nick Bosa in the NFC, so that's someone that should absolutely go. But then you go to the AFC, Matt Judon leading the league in sacks. Yeah. Max Crosby has been an absolute Tied beast for the, the league leader. Oh, is that right? Who's Mr. Bosa with with Bosa? There Nine you go. a gang, bang, bang. Come on now. So, <laughs> so Matt Judon. <laughs> you also have Max Crosby, a, a part of the AFC yeah. as well. Um, if you wanted to go to like Khalil Mack, I know Joey Bosa's hurt, but he would be up there. Not right now. Khalil Mack also um, one of the better edge rushers in the league. So NFC, you might have a little bit of space carved out for you if you're Brian Burns and you can start to climb the mountain. You won't beat Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa's been very good, but even Miles Garrett is someone I forgot about, a part of the AFC. Yeah. So maybe there is a path carved out for one Brian Burns. I know as someone that subscribes, and I agree with Pro Football Focus, they pay attention a lot to this stuff. They also grade Derek Brown very highly this season. So do you think there's a good shot he actually does get to play in the Pro Bowl this year? Yeah, I think there's a good chance, especially when you consider – uh, many guys are deserving but might not necessarily make it, but because of injuries or whatever the case may be. And it's the Pro Bowl games this year, if I'm not mistaken, right? There's no – there's right. not going to be an actual game. Right. But Pro Bowl, we still go old school and just consider the fact that well, you well, made it and recognized as one of the best. Well, and absolutely. And that's the thing, right? When people want to talk about getting rid of the Pro Bowl and getting rid of the game, I'm cool with that. Yeah, me too. But the problem is they view these as accolades. When we talk about Hall of Fame candidacy. Right? it comes up. When we talk about just how good you were during your time playing, we look at that little star on Pro Football Reference. Yep. And yes, all NFL, same as it is with all NBA, those accolades matter more. But Pro Bowls matter, too, when you're trying to measure how great a player was. And so these things still matter. I don't care if you play hopscotch. I don't care what you do. But as long as you get that accolade, that stuff matters. And so it's not like they should completely ban the award. I'm cool with them getting rid of the game because it didn't mean anything. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you on that as well. The game, like I said, whatever I would still watch it sometimes, though, man, because sometimes on a Sunday, it's just nothing on, so I would watch it. It was but really it, bad. <laughs> it did. It, it was did. always really bad. It did. So, um, But, yeah, Derek I think Brown. he's got a chance, especially even if he doesn't make it the first go-round vote-wise. I think, you know, some guys may sit out or whatever the case may be. And even if he goes as an alternate, he is deserving uh, of this honor. I think he can pick back up his play over the next few weeks, and I think that he will. Uh, but yeah, he's him and Burns to me are the two guys that you look at. So if you look at just for this team, who the defensive MVP is, I still think I go with Derek Brown and oftentimes MVP, you argue about semantics. Should it go to the best player? Should it go to who you view as literally the most valuable? I think Derek Brown, you could argue both. Especially when you talk about this team struggling to defend the run, certainly at the beginning of the season. Derek Brown matters more to that aspect of your NFL team than anybody else does stopping the run, right? It all starts with Derek Brown clogging up any of the gaps that one of those running backs might be able to run through. And if you think about it, at the beginning of the season, the Cleveland Browns, fantastic run game. They were able to run all over Carolina. That was one of the bad games from Derek Brown. Go back to Cincy. Remember, mm -hmm. Derek was not feeling well, eventually did not play in the second half. Well, that just so happened to be the time that Joe Mixon ran for five touchdowns and ran all over the Carolina Panthers. And since he blew Carolina out before the Panthers even had a shot to come back in the second half. That's why I think 
<laughs> despite what we were talking about him coming into the year, even with Brian Burns being a great pass rusher, in my opinion, always have been a huge fan of Brian Burns. Give me Derek Brown as the defensive MVP this year. Who are you going? Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to roll with you on that because, like I said, he's the he's the quintessential D tackle that the stats don't always tell the story. Uh, yeah, he's only got one sack this season, but he's been uh, dominant this season as far as eating up blockers, uh, making things easier on those backers to get through there, which is one of the main jobs of the interior D lineman is to keep your linebackers clean. So I think he does a lot of things that the stat sheet might not necessarily show. Uh, you know, you'd like for him to get some more sacks coming down the stretch. But uh, like I said, I just think he does a lot of things that the stats aren't necessarily going to show. I think he's had a really good year. And I think that's why sometimes when you look at the analytical sites and the grades do help guys like that because the average fan will look and say, oh, well, he's only got 24 tackles and, and one sack. But, you know, he's the 11th rated defensive tackle in all of football if you're looking at pro football focus. So um, I think that, that shows just how important he is to what the Panthers do and how much havoc he's been causing down there on that line, even if the stats aren't necessarily reflecting that. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Carolina's passing defense, the amount of yards they allow per game, it's right around the middle. If you were to go look at just about about the passing yards allowed per game, you know, rushing yards, it's a little bit further down that list. Mm -hmm. But again, just imagine how bad it would be if Derrick Brown was not a part of this team, right? And I think we saw that on occasion, even with J.C. Horn being the best cornerback on this team, allowing the lowest passer rating out there to any cornerback that has the significant amount of snaps played. And then even with the Frankie Louvu, who's been excellent this year, mm-hmm. even all, all of that being said, I, I think that's why I go to a Derek Brown. The good news is this defense has been playing lights out lately. They've been finishing games mm-hmm. and it's kind of coincided with the way they performed in the first half. That was not necessarily the case when you started this season out you have foundational players on that side of the ball. Probably more so than offense. The offensive line I'm really happy with, and I think they can keep a lot of those guys going forward. You're happy with DJ Moore. They already locked him up. We've talked about this quite a bit. But Mm -hmm. defensively, I think, is where you look to more of the foundational players. What about special teams, though, Wes? The reason I ask that, because Eddie Pinheiro was named Special Teams Player of the Week. Somebody that's been very good since having a complete meltdown (laughs) in that game against Atlanta. Yes, you could argue that he cost them that game against the Atlanta Falcons when P.J. Walker had the crazy throw and that eventually the Falcons would win that first matchup between both teams. After being named Special Teams Player of the Week, do you feel like kickers can be a foundational player for a franchise? I think they can be. I think you have to be really special. You have to be uh, really dependable to gain that honor. But I think especially for offenses like the Panthers that have struggled uh, as much as they had not up there as far as just scoring touchdowns and third down conversions and things of that nature. You got a guy that's kicking 92 percent, which has him third uh, in the NFL, and he's tied for eighth in the NFL in total points at 96. Yeah, I definitely think they could be uh, foundational players in your team and we had the Justin Tucker debate. You go back, you talk about the Adam Vinatieri's and some of the great kickers uh, of our time. I certainly think that kickers can be a foundational piece. And, you know, definitely put that in there in the rundown because we know guys like you like to disrespect the kickers like that until, you know, you need them to make a game-winning kick to save your bacon. If you wanted to say Justin Tucker is a foundational player, that's fine. 
I'm not yeah. going to go with Eddie Pinheiro as a foundational player. No, I'm not going to say he's a foundational <laughs> player right now, but I think that going forward, if he continues to play at this level, uh, you know, he could be a guy that, you know, obviously you're not going to put his face on bust and be like, you know, it's he's a guy that's a franchise player. But I think if he becomes a really, really dependable kicker playing where he's top five in the league in field goal percentage and top ten in points, et cetera, et cetera, he definitely will become one of your foundational pieces. It's actually pretty hilarious, though, if you look at Eddie Pinheiro's stats because the Panthers, I mean, I'll say it, they got lucky bringing in Zane Gonzalez last year. Mm -hmm. And Zane Gonzalez was awesome. So he was 20 of 22 field goals made in 2021 for Carolina, and he played just 12 games in that past season. You thought, okay, great. You move on from Joey Sly. Mm -hmm. You move on from Das Boot and Dominic Eberle. You have Ryan Santoso in for a tryout. Finally, you have somebody that you can trust in Zane Gonzalez, and he does a good job only missing two field goals. He's accurate at a 90% level. And then he gets hurt before the season. Like, great. Okay. You got lucky once. There's no way that you can get lucky again. Yeah, against Atlanta, it was bad. He missed the field goal. He missed the extra point. That was about as bad of a meltdown that you could possibly have as a kicker, barring another missed field goal, maybe in overtime when you're, you know, maybe two, right? He's only missed two this year, and he's already made more field goals than Carolina did last year. So to put it in perspective, 13 games, Eddie Pinheiro is 25 of 27. He only has one 50-yarder made. He only attempted one, but he did make it. It's kind of crazy. Here we are talking about Pinheiro being special teams player of the week, and yet Eddie Pinheiro, I don't even know if he's going to be the starting kicker for this team next year. Mm -hmm. So Carolina... It has another kicking battle on its hands, which seems to have been far too familiar than I'd like the last five years of this team's existence. But at least this is a good kicking battle from the way each of them have performed the past two years. And that's a good problem to have, I guess, when you do have good kickers because they're just a position that you don't need them until you need them. Uh, but this is an offense that they do need kickers because you're seventh worst in the NFL at scoring touchdowns with 26 total. will tie for seventh, I should say. So, yeah, if you have two kickers that you feel like are worthy and you have a guy that comes in as a replacement and have the type of year that he's having, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, the only thing is it's the power from Gonzalez, right? Because he was three of five. They attempted more from 50 yards out, and he did make three of those five, which 60%, 50 yards, I mean, that's okay with me for sure, considering you're not going to be trying him a lot. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who the starting kicker will be. Now, speaking of players that were given an award for the way they performed that week – Former Panther Baker Mayfield was also NFC Offensive Player of mm -hmm. the Week. Baker Mayfield going in based off, or basically off of two days being on the roster and performing the way he did at the end of that game. You don't expect that type of performance to continue with the Rams, right, Wes? Not at all. I think it was fool's gold, big foolie, as I would say. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I know everybody wants to point to the fact that he's playing with the genius as to why he's starting to play good all of a sudden. But I think, like anything, when teams get a little bit of tape, figure out. You know, that offense with him in it, those numbers would definitely regress. Uh, that will not be the case with him going forward as far as him continuing to play 
at the level of getting offensive player of the week, month, year, day, hour, minute, second. I don't think that's happening. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're going to have to give him offensive player of the second based off of a touchdown pass <laughs> that he throws. Yeah, yeah th- this is all about narrative, too. It's not about the stats. You can find better offensive players. This is the fact that what he did was still incredible. Yes, yes. He deserves the credit. Yeah. It's just it's not like he put up daunting stats compared to some of these other players that could have won the award as well. He does get the credit, though, for doing what he did only being two days on the roster. All right, coming up next, we'll talk about how realistic the comparisons are for this team when you go back and look at the 2014 franchise that also made the postseason with a losing record, but it's time now to give away two more tickets to Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top. If you call in at 704-570-9610, we'll stick with the third caller of the, of the day theme. If you're the third caller dialing 704-570-9610, then you can get two tickets to Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top again. One more time, 704-570-9610, two tickets to Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top. We'll be back after this at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Where does this one uh, you're eating Chipotle? Why do I bother? I sometimes not in the last hour, man. As soon as you get the food, I really can't go to you. It's really just your time. And I got to wait for you to start chewing and then make sure that you're done eating. Yep. We got to wait a little bit more until you get done. I'll, all I wanted to do is just get a vibe check based off of the music that you played. Uh, first off from 12 to three is always my time. Okay. Um, I thought you have learned that by now. Let me write it down. Uh, this isn't my favorite. But, you know, whenever I hit it, we were all three kind of grooving. And, and I do got to confess something. Okay. I think it was two two beats ago mm-hmm. when we came back to Bucktown. Oh, yeah. Right. I was in. I was back here kind of doing my thing. And uh, Smote Ludwig, mm-hmm. your, your favorite guy in the building. So you say. Came like walking down the hall. And like I noticed someone had stopped. And I didn't know what it was, and it was Smoke watching me get my groove on back here. Wow. I'm confident enough to say that it's better than whatever the hell Willie P put on video when he danced with Mac on Monday. Oh, you yeah, you decided to bring that up. I feel you. No, it was... You saw it, right? Was that worse than his brisket? Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, that's really bad then. No, because it's not. That's the thing, because I I at least want to give him some credit for the dry brisket, even though it wasn't really all that dry. The dance, that's dry. That dance was not seasoned very well. There's just no way, especially when you compare it to Mac. Now, I do feel like, who's the better one? I, I know this is the, the question you kind of don't want to answer, just like the Will Levis, Anthony Richardson posed question. But who is the better dancer between Mac and Willie P? Because we saw both of them on the latest video. Uh, it's definitely Mac. Here's the worst part about it. Because I filmed the video. Flounder was controlling the music. Willie P was talking up a massive game. Guys, I can get down with the best of them. <laughs> I can get jiggy with it. Does anybody who say that actually actually be able to dance? I don't think so. He requested requested thriller from Michael Jackson because he was like, I can moonwalk. And then he came in 
And look, I am so happy he has lost 44 pounds. Uh-oh. But what the, the bud is going to be bad here. He looks like a bobblehead because now his head looks disproportionate from his body. <laughs> and the dancing just only confirmed that. He looked like a puppet being controlled by someone behind the stage. Um, somebody text in. It's Kyle F. who wrote in. Max dance wasn't good either. Mac did more, but it wasn't really quote unquote better. And so maybe that's a distinction we need to make. I just don't know what Willie was doing, though. I felt like he was trying to do a running man, but wasn't really running and definitely wasn't running to the beat. Are you watching this, Wes? Have you seen this dance video released by both Willie and Mac? I have not seen it, but I will check it out ASAP. Yeah, you need to do that. Did you like that last beat? Did you know what that was? Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. You want to? You want to tell me? <laughs> no, it's uh, Cardi B. Okay, hot ish. Okay, there, yeah. there you go. There's the a Cardi B. Take Keith. A, a Cardi beat. Yeah. Were you still like kind of singing that as we were talking, or? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> I, did, <laughs> I did know if you wanted to talk about Willie P. And there's Fitty dancing once again. Did Smoke get you on camera? No, I don't think he did that because he made he made the mistake of we were all up here Friday after Thanksgiving mm -hmm. uh, in the fishbowl watching the state Carolina game as the Carolina lost to Iowa State was happening. And he came in and he records like I, I know he's filming and I said, smoke, get the hell out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he literally got scared. So I don't think he's going to record me ever Is again. Is that true or do you just want to feel yourself and say he got scared? Do I not imitate you? Do you imitate me? Hmm. Do I do I intimidate you? You try to imitate me, yes, you try. But when you say that's a little less intimidating when you get it wrong and ask me if you imitate me. I, I I am confident to say though that if we ever had to go on the dance floor, maybe Friday at the at the company party, yeah, that you won't. We're be the at. best dancing show, not only at the station. Mm -hmm. In the building. Okay, there you go. I, I like those words. Wes, do you feel like that, too? I definitely do. I feel like you're deep into an article right now. What are you reading? I was actually just looking at uh, some of the analysis of the first round guys. You know, always hard work in West Brown. The, the first round guys for what? Well, this NFL year? draft okay. this year. So well, I was just looking at some of the analysis. What's it? Let's, let's do this organically. What is one of the things that you found interesting as you were looking at the NFL draft going into this season? Just some of the grades that some of these guys are getting. I mean, there's some horrible grades in here. Like Trevor Penning, the Saints pick is a 30. Uh, but I look at the analysis, too, to see what they say when they're talking about the pressures and stuff. But to make it relevant to the Panthers, uh, Icky right now, his overall rookie grade is a 64. But they said, you know, this week he had two pressures and 29 snaps. He gave up the sack. They said he was impressive as a run blocker. They said he's been a positive force for the team overall, comparing to who the Panthers could have taken. Right. And Evan Neal has a 45.6 in this past week against the Eagles. Now, the Eagles are a juggernaut, but he allowed eight pressures, including a sack and 34 reps. So that's no good. Well, and you're talking about Brian Burns, by the way, who did not have one of his better games. And you are talking about Charles Cross as an offensive lineman for the yeah. Seattle Seahawks. And so what do they say about Charles Cross? It looks like you're bringing that up. Charles Cross, I know you were going to go there, man, trying to anticipate. Uh, they said... Or imitate. That, which one were you trying to do? <laughs> they said he allowed two pressures on 42 uh, pass-protecting snaps against the Panthers. They said he has generally been an extremely solid pass-blocking left tackle this season and a big reason why the Seattle offense has overachieved relative to expectations. So can, that's a nice report. For can them. you be extremely solid? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can be extremely good. But so you feel like to the point if you get extremely solid, you need to go to that next step, to the next 
But like, yeah, if you're extremely solid, what does that even mean? Does that mean you're so damn average that we have to describe you as extremely solid? You know solid? what? I never thought about that. I don't even know what that means. I like that. If you're extremely solid, I feel like you need to go to the next step and be good. Yeah. Just flat out, is he a yeah, good, good football pass player? Black, good pass blocking left tackle would have been better than an extremely solid. Man, that guy is extremely average. That's what I heard. Like, how much trouble you think you go in if your girl made you some food or something like that? And you say, honey, that was extremely solid. Oh, that is not something that I need to say to anybody <laughs> cooking. No. Walker, you're an extremely solid radio host. Man, and I wow. appreciate that. You know what? And you're an extremely solid producer, man. Where's an extremely solid show? That's what we do. I don't know if we could describe extremely solid dancing, though. Salesman wrote in 704-570-9610. He said Willie's dance looked like a dude with four prosthetics who was overdosing. So that's Man, a, we're not we're not gonna come for the slander for the people with the prosthetics. Well, I mean, I think he was going with the Willie P dance slander, but yes, that's <laughs> also something that we might get in trouble doing. That's what salesman wrote. And then we can get to some other ones uh on the text line seven oh four five seven oh ninety six ten. Wait, you're I really don't know what you mean. You're shaking your head right now, Fitty, but I don't know. It it looks really scary what you're doing. Were you reading Moose's text? No, I you, wasn't. Okay. Because I, really, I was reading Moose's text, and I thought you didn't want to read it out loud. Uh-huh. And if you're not willing to go there, I am. Okay, go ahead. I have not read it yet, so go ahead. Okay, uh, Moose texted in, Walker, Wes, and Fitty get me extremely solid, oh, so wow. I consider it a good thing. Okay, thank you, I guess, kind of. I No, I, it's a good thing, I guess. It's a compliment. Mm. If you wanted to talk more about it. Thanks for helping me. 704-570-9610. That's the Garage Door Guru text line. Let's talk about some of the comparisons you can make to the 2014 team. Because that's <laughs> this show is so off the rails, man. Like, Fiddy is dying. I was going to send it to him for a Luke Keekley soundbite because the best Panther linebacker in the franchise's history, Luke Keekley, joined Mac and Bone earlier today to talk about some of the comparisons you could make to the 2014 season regarding this Panthers team? That 2014 season started slowly, and then as everybody knows, we took off at the end of the season. I think a lot of it had to do with continuity of the team, and guys really believe in the older guys. The guys I mentioned, Ryan and Olsen and Thomas and Chuck, they set the stage for what was acceptable, and everybody just kind of fell in line, and I think it's kind of the same way now with guys that you're seeing that are starting to pop. You know, you look at Burns, and obviously – you know, what Shaq's been able to do and Taylor Moten on the offensive side of the ball. There's been some really good older pieces that have shown guys how to get the job done, and it's been fun to watch. So Carolina's defense has been playing a lot better as the year went on. We've talked about them playing better in the first half, but also finishing those defensive performances as the year has gone on. If you look at the comparison you could make to the 2014 Panthers, who also went to the postseason, finishing with a 7-9 and record, they would actually go on, what was it, 7-8-1, excuse me, because they had the tie against the Cincinnati Bengals. So I forgot about that at the beginning of the season. 7-8-1, losing record still. They would beat the Arizona Cardinals in the very first playoff game that they would have, and they would get to two postseason performances. Going back to 2014, in the last month of that season, Carolina did not allow more than 17 points in any of their four straight wins to end the year. Besides Greg Olson, you also didn't really have the best pass catchers in the world. That was the time that Kelvin Benjamin posted a 1,000-yard season. But here's the thing, right? Because we all had so much faith in Kelvin Benjamin possibly being your wide receiver of the future. You go back and look at what Kelvin Benjamin did that year. A lot of those stats were put up in garbage time, especially if, if you look at what Kelvin Benjamin did. So he had a touchdown, I think, in a blowout against the Steelers. 
Derek Anderson was 2-0 and against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Derek Anderson came into some garbage time uh, snaps as well, and he would throw touchdown passes mm-hmm. to Kelvin Benjamin. So, like, if you look at some of those stats, they were weirdly padded in times where Carolina either did not have a shot to win, and I don't think they ever were in garbage time on the good side where they were just blowing a team out of the water. So kind of weird there. Greg Olson, great, certainly had the better tight end. This Carolina team in 2022 has the better overall number one wide receiver in DJ Moore. That team finished top 10 in overall yards allowed per game. They were 11th in passing yards allowed. They were 7th in rushing offense. I do think that's a a similarity. That it is. This Carolina team right now is very good at running the football. How would you compare and contrast some of those stats, just some of the other things that come to the top of the dome when you're talking about 2014 and 2022? Well, yeah, you look at the main thing is just the rough start. And then after the bye week, they really got going uh, down the stretch and made the playoffs. They won every last one of their last four games. So uh, people are hoping that this team will do that. But then, uh, like I said, the quarterback play, we had Cam Newton back there who missed a couple of games as well. But you look at the running backs and what they were able to do, had a big power back, Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart had good speed as well, but you could draw some similarities between him and Foreman. Stewart averaging four, six a carry. Then you had Cam back there. And then, like I said, D'Angelo who got hurt uh, that season. So a solid, not spectacular receiving core as you said defensively they had some really good pieces there obviously with with Keekly and the crew uh but the main thing was just how in the second half of the season this team kind of took on a new mentality and started to get the job done including a huge blowout they had a couple of blowouts uh down the stretch when you look at how they beasted the New Orleans Saints 41 to 10 and then you look at how they beat the Falcons 34 to 3 down the stretch that year too so yeah what's interesting about that team as well having them pulled up right here you look at um their start to the season they were 2 and 0 you know mm-hmm. they beat Tampa Bay they beat Detroit and then they actually start 3 and 2 the next game week 6 was the tie 37 apiece against the Cincinnati Bengals and that's when it's a it's a free fall right they lose to Green Bay Seattle New Orleans they get beat down by New Orleans they lose to Philadelphia another blowout it was really dark during the middle of that season Atlanta Minnesota the last two losses then they blow out New Orleans themselves 41 to 10 Tampa Cleveland Atlanta that's how they would finish out the regular season The clear difference between the two teams, you have an MVP a year earlier with Cam Newton. You don't have a great quarterback on this roster. You could win games because of Cam Newton's dynamic ability. You aren't going to win games because Sam Darnold is this dynamic quarterback. You're actually quite literally asking him not to lose right now because the offense is so predicated off the run game. The offensive line is better this year than it was in 2014. They would have continuity going into 2015, and I think that matters. I would argue the overall talent, even with Trey Turner and Norwell being awesome guards, the tackles are better for this team. So I think I would still argue that the overall offensive line this year is better than what it was 2014, even 2015, the year they get to the Super Bowl. You can go to Derek Anderson, though, right? Like, it's not like Cam Newton played every single game. They went 2-0 against Tampa when Derek Anderson started. I think if you wanted to go to specific game comparisons, that's more closely related to Carolina. Yeah. Because you were asking Derek not to lose games. You're asking Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, 
Baker Mayfield, when he was in here, he just couldn't do it. But you were asking all those QBs not to lose. And right now, the running game is allowing them to not have these QBs go out there and just completely mess it up. Yeah, and so Derek Anderson at that time, too, was regarded as one of the better backups uh, in the NFL. So they did have that luxury at quarterback. And there was no question, a big difference, there was no question who the quarterback was going to be, uh, you know, at that time of quarterback questions as far as them going to look for a guy in the offseason via the draft or uh, free agency. Fitty was nodding his head in agreement. I was going to go to him. And then as soon as I was going to go to him, he took another bite out of what was that, a chip? I, I mean, I can't even talk to you, Fitty. You seem like you're giving me signs to go to you as a producer. And then I try to, but you're just eating Chipotle, chilling, pressing some buttons. Like, what? Living I want to go to you. I want your analysis. No, I was nodding at my phone. <laughs> well, what's the phone say? I got a text that I agree with. And I was just like, oh, okay. And I'm, then I ate a chip. What's your text say? Can you read it? That's not important what the text <laughs> says. It was just something that I agreed with. Was it somebody that the listeners might have some interest in? I don't think so. I think they probably would. I I, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, it was just it was it was a complimentary text that I agreed with said compliment, mm-hmm. and then because I'm fat and I want to eat, mm-hmm. I was eating while y'all two were. What were y'all talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you get so mad at me for not listening. We are now serving as the bookends of you not listening to me at the beginning of the show and not listening to me at the very end. Although, to be fair, I don't think Wes was very much listening to me either. Cause I, oh, I was definitely listening. Well, I forgot what I went to you on. And then it's just I was met with some silence. And then I don't think anybody was listening. No. So. Are you talking about earlier or just now? No, earlier in the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was listening <laughs> to you, but... You know, sometimes I need a second to contemplate. Uh, Lemonhead Johnson <laughs> said, say it with a whole bunch of whys. I think that's what we do want from Fiddy. I'm going to stop you from eating, though, if you don't mind, just real quickly, because we do have one more Fiddy flash to go to. But now you're texting. I don't even know. It, I don't even know what's going on. I can multitask. All right, go ahead. Fiddy flash. What is it? Um, The second <laughs> semifinal of the World Cup is underway. It's on in the studio here. France leading a one nothing lead over the Cinderella story, Morocco. Yesterday, Wes, Messi leads Argentina to a 3 nothing win to advance to the final. He announced earlier today that this will be his last ever World Cup match. I know we're not all soccer gurus in here, but if Messi finishes off this World Cup with a title... Where does that put him on the GOAT status of soccer players? The guys won virtually everything there is to to win from a individual standpoint and a team standpoint. If he gets a World Cup, is he in the GOAT discussion? Just being a novice, I think he's already there for sure. Uh, I think this would just continue to add to his legacy, a great walk-off moment for him. I know some people consider Ronaldo, my guy, the GOAT. Uh, but if we're talking about a singular goat, does it make him? I'm going to leave that to the soccer experts, but he's already one of the goats. Yeah, I don't. can you be better than Pele? This is a le- actually a legitimate question. I don't know. I know that Messi True. is the guy that you would absolutely go to in the era, maybe alongside Ronaldo, but if he wins the World Cup, man, that's going to be really hard to beat. Plus, to sign off like that, to ride off in the sunset with a World Cup, your very last World Cup, that's got to be extremely impressive. And then another boatload of money if he goes to MLS. 100%. Does it infuriate you guys that a small nation like Morocco was in the semifinals, yet here in the States we were happy about getting out of the group? <laughs> because, like, as a like as a person that, like, I have tried to get into soccer. 
I spent $230 on soccer gear and in six weeks quit on the team that's in first place. <sighs> but like when like when this run happens for Morocco and we get out in the we get knocked out in the round of 16, it ticks me off for someone who wants to care about soccer the way guys like Willie P and Mac do. The the thing is the way that I mean the US not even qualifying this far before. Like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm I'm willing to crawl before we walk in the soccer game. So no, I'm not mad that Morocco has made it as far as they have without the US reaching those types of heights. No, with them being on a Cinderella run, but it does make you wonder in a country where we have so many great athletes, why we can't be better at this. And it seems like I mean, I know the viewership and things like that might not be where it wants to be, but so many people, so many kids and stuff play soccer, but it's just not a priority in this country, and I think that's why we're not better at it than we are. It's getting there, but uh, no, it doesn't make me mad to answer your question. All right, one more segment to go on Wes and Walker. We will try to get Fiddy to reveal who he's texting, and we'll continue to listen to him eat some more Chipotle chips. Sports Radio 92.7 <laughs> WFNZ. Wesson Walker with one more segment before the Kyle Bailey show. At the end of this show, we will be giving away our final pair of Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top tickets. We'll tell you how to dial in in just a moment. You can text in the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Hornets Ron texted in, but I can't read that right now. So we can talk about that maybe a little bit later on. And, uh... Maybe in the very, very distant future, and then talk a little bit more. Now, here's the thing. Fiddy says that he doesn't really get all that nervous too often, but I feel like he's kind of nervous right now drinking that water. I see the red face. There he is. (laughs) A smile. Look at you, man. I choked on a chip. Yeah. Uh Yeah, choked on a chip. That's, I'm sure, what it was. We'll get to Fiddy in just a moment, too, because he has some interesting facts about what took place on this day in sports history, but not before we talk about what's on tap. What's on tap is brought to you by Twin Peaks. You can join our e-club to stay up to date on all things Twin Peaks, and you can score free stuff. Visit TwinPeaksRestaurant.com slash Peaks-Club. Hornets-Pistons tonight, 7 p.m. at the Spectrum Center. Cade Cunningham, their number one overall pick from a couple of years ago. He is out for the rest of the season. So the Detroit Pistons That's with tough. a young core are once again all in the tanking sweepstakes. They are going to be primed to possibly get that number one overall pick and eventually select Victor Wembenyama. The thing is, the Hornets right now are at the same exact spot the Pistons are. Pistons a little bit below, but they have the same amount of wins. And this does seem like a very Wemby sweepstakes type of game. We did get news earlier in the show, though, that LaMelo Ball is optimistic that he could return. We talked about this. Rod Boone, Charlotte Observer, Hornets beat writer. He discussed how this is kind of on LaMelo. He's going to come back when he feels 100% comfortable because he's injured that ankle twice since the middle of the preseason and then going into the regular season when he stepped on the fan's foot sitting courtside. What do you make of tonight's game? Do you want them to win? Do you think they will win? They are a three-point favorite. I think they will win. Uh, And... Are you saying, do I want them to win in a broader scheme of things to continue to better those lottery balls? <sighs> I don't know why you said it like that. Uh, the thing is, I want Wimby too, and you do want to have a shot 
at getting what is a generational talent. <laughs> Fitty's still laughing. It's mm. making me laugh. But yeah, man, also, it's always hard to, to pull for a team to lose in the moment. Yeah. You know, like, it just goes against everything you want as a fan. Plus, if LaMelo comes back, the thing is, Detroit is going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA this mm-hmm. year. That's a fact. It's going to be hard to compete with them because you're not going to hold Gordon Hayward out when he's ready. You're not going to hold LaMelo Ball out when he's ready. You could trade him, and maybe that's the thing they do. But you can still be a bottom three team and have the same odds. So I'm cool. Let's get let's get a win. It's been a while. I want the Hornets to win, and I want LaMelo Ball to look good doing so. Are you going? No, I'm not going to go. I agree with you on that, though. I do want them to win. I mean, they should beat Detroit. I mean, you can still win some games and still put yourself in a good position right. to get Wimby. Yeah, the only and the reason I'm not going, man, I sound look, I'm only battling Rest through. It's cold and raining. Yeah. Oh but I'm only battling through because I never hear the end of it from Fiddy, who threw up seven times in the shower and still appeared on right, the midday show. No, it was, the end. it was seven different trips to the toilet. Then passed out in the shower and then came to work the very next <laughs> My day. My favorite city actress, girl. Are you going to catch me? I'm about to pass out. <laughs> she did, in fact, not catch me. Oh, man. Did you wake up with a bruise because you hit the ground too hard? I woke up like in the fetal position. I was, I was the time I was living at home with my mom just like poking me like, Joshua, wake up, wake and you up. You were naked too, huh? I was fully exposed. Uh, yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to go through but that. But I came in that next day because that was the weekend that we upset Baylor in the NCAA tournament. I couldn't miss that. Of course you couldn't. All right, what's the breaking news you just played? Uh, this will make uh, Panther fans' minds a little bit more at ease. Uh, DJ Moore was a full participant in there practice today. Okay. Good to see that. Hopefully the number one receiver can come back. And Smitty from the city, just real quickly, he texted in, wait, why can't they hold out LaMelo? I'm just talking about the entire season. I mean, it's not like the Hornets are going to shut him down, right. especially if he could come back a third of the way through. Yeah. would be weird if they decided to shut down LaMelo for an injury. That's not really shut downable. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could do the whole SGA thing, Thunder thing, but I wouldn't expect them to do that. All right, Fiddy, what happened on this day in sports history? All right, guys. Well, on this day in 1947, the greatest thing happened many years before Evan Smote Ludwig was even born. The mm-hmm. National Association of Stock Car Auto Racing, what we know as NASCAR, is founded in Daytona Beach, Florida, um, and many, bless you. I don't think you. I don't think you've been exposed to NASCAR smoke. NASCAR smoke is the equivalent of Tar Heel Fitty, where it's just a different breed of him being a absolute fanboy. Wow. It, um, it's it's crazy to go down memory lane with him when it comes to NASCAR because not only does he know what happened, he knows the exact year, the exact race, and damn near the exact lap something happened on. So it's crazy to go down memory lane with him. Wow. Uh, on this day in 1961, Roger Maris requested a $75,000 contract and was denied by New York uh, Yankees GM Ron Hamey. Why? Roy Hamey. Roy Hamey. There you go. Why is that significant? I don't know. Why is it? Are you serious? I mean, I know he had the single season record. That, that was in talking? the same yeah. year. Same year he hit 61. He asked for 75K, gets denied. This year, Aaron Judge hits gotcha. 61. He just got paid $360 million over nine years. Yeah, you're acting like, I mean, there there could have been a, def- a bunch of different angles you took I mean, as a, as a devoted sports fan, I mm-hmm. thought that would have, I mean, I, Wes probably knew that. 
I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what's the next one? All right. What's next? Uh, and then on this day in 2021, uh, Warriors guard and Charlotte native Stephen Curry passes Ray Allen for most career threes in NBA history with his first quarter three against the Knicks in the garden. Yeah, Steph Curry, by Great the moment. way, I was I was asked asked uh, by Tim Bontemps of ESPN to put in a top five MVP ballot at this moment in the NBA season. And I was going to reveal that to you guys and see if you guys would agree with my top five list. Kind of a fitty favorite, except at the end of the show, and it's Walker's favorite. Number five, I have Kevin Durant. Those numbers are pretty crazy, and you see the Brooklyn Nets. They're starting to climb up the Eastern Conference standings. So number five, I have KD. Number four, I have the leading scorer in the NBA. Luka Doncic comes in at number four. Jason Tatum playing very well for the league-leading Boston Celtics right now, so that's why I have him at number three. Number two, Giannis comes in for me, playing alongside everybody that's starting to get a little healthier with the Milwaukee Bucks. His defense is still amazing, plus his two-point percentage is starting to get up closer to what he's posted the last few years. Number one, though, and I'm sorry, I don't care if Golden State is in the play-in tournament right now. I have Steph Curry. Have you seen his numbers? He's playing out of his mind. Yeah. When he was unanimous MVP in 2015-2016, he was a part of the 50-40-90 club. He's right there right now. Steph Curry is shooting 50% from the field. He's shooting basically 43% from three, and he's shooting 90% from the free throw line. If he was not performing as well as he was for Golden State, think about how much further down in the standing. So Steph number one, Giannis two, Jason Tatum three, Luka Doncic four, Kevin Durant five. Do you have any problem with the top five MVP list? Uh, I'd, I'd have Tatum one. Tatum's playing well. I'd have Tatum I agree with Fiddy. I will have him. I think he's been the most viable player. Where do you put so Where do you put Steph, and how much do you ding him because Golden State? Yeah, in the I'm dinging him because of that record. He's playing great. It's not his fault by any stretch, but I probably put him behind all those guys. How are you handling it? Fiddy? I mean, I'm maybe putting him two or three. Like, think about Tatum. Like, I knew when he came out, he was gonna be the best player in his class. Yeah, he was really good. And I think he's even exceeded my expectations for him. This guy on both ends of the court. This dude is the equivalent in the NBA to me in church league. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't even do it with a torn ACL like you did. Damn straight. Makes it all the more I'll impressive. I'll walk stayed and wake tonight basketball. Who? Who do you got? I got the things. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Uh, yeah, there you go. We can talk about that. And we'll give you a full recap on Wake Forest and Applebee Talk. State. I always get excited. Applebee, Torch, and Appalachian. There you I go. I get excited about Applebee's. No, you don't. Applebee's is trash. Oh, they got a good, like, two for 20 menu. Applebee's big Any tizers? <laughs> you know. I'm trying to, uh, yeah, Applebee's is, is not very good to me. I'd rather go. Give me, me like, too. I agree with you. Give trash. me Fridays over Applebee's. I do like the unlimited when they had the unlimited tenders and riblets, but they don't do that much anymore. All right, we're going off the rails. I need to give away these damn tickets, but you guys want to talk about Applebee's and Tyree Applebee. <laughs> Leonard Skinner, ZZ Top. You can call Lynn as you listen to the Kyle Bailey show. I apologize to Kyle that I'm doing this at the end of the show. <laughs> 704-570-9610. ZZ Top, Leonard Skinner tickets. Once more, 704-570-9610. 610. That'll do it for Weston Walker at Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.